Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Operations Avenue, an Alpha Kappa Psi podcast. Today, we're talking about traditions. This is Kimberly Millies, CERC for Area 2. And with me today, I have... Amber Hambach, the Resource Coordinator for Area 1. And Alec Moran, the Associate Director of Student Services. All right, so who wants to jump in and tell me what a tradition is? According to Google... A tradition is a long-established custom or belief that has been passed on from one generation to another. And I think that directly relates to the fraternity because we've now been around for 115 years. We do a lot of things that we would consider traditions. Um, And I think the purpose of the tradition is really what continues to push us forward. Um, I think that everything started because we all or our founding fathers, not we, I wasn't one of them, couldn't have been, I'm a lady. Uh, (laughs) It all ties back to like a core purpose. So I know for me, traditions are something that I enjoy doing. I enjoy doing with others and is something that I continuously want to come back and do over and over again because it makes me feel closer to those people. Mm -hmm. I think it creates kind of a special relationship among people. So I know if my friends and I do a tradition, it's different from another group of friends. And I think, you know, going from chapter to chapter, that's something else that each chapter has a different tradition that they do. And that kind of makes them a unique chapter among our organization. Definitely. I think not only are traditions where chapters sort of set themselves apart and have their own way of exemplifying what the fraternity means to them, but it also connects all of our chapters together with the traditions that we have. For example, the celebration of brotherhood is a tradition that we do every year at the convention. And it definitely is for me when I went to it as a student and as a staff member, it's been something that I always look forward to that you're going to have the same experience as hundreds of other brothers um, who are also at the event that you can share that memory together. And you know that that tradition has been carried on um, throughout the history of Alpha Kappa Psi. I think one important thing to note, though, about traditions is what the, like, core purpose of that tradition is. So I know, like, one of the things that my home chapter does, which I'm sure a lot of chapters do, um, is a bros giving. We always get together potluck style. And it really is just about like fostering those relationships. But I think sometimes I know my chapter certainly fell into it in different areas is that what we consider a tradition is actually just a habit. And the way that we're facilitating it isn't even can't be tied back to like an original purpose. It's just something we've been doing for so long that It's just what you do now. Um, And I think that's the first thing that you should think about as a chapter member of like, what are our traditions and what's the purpose behind them? Because if you can't come up with like a solid purpose, it might not really be a tradition. It might just be a habit. And then you do have to think about, is it a good habit or is it a bad habit? Mm -hmm. Is it harming people or is there a beneficial purpose to it? In all cases, tradition should be positive for all those involved. So I think Kim's right on digging into and questioning why you do something is always a good practice to have and no matter what you're doing throughout the fraternity. I think an easy way to look into it too is like relating it to traditions that you individually might even have outside of your chapter. So like I know when people hear, excuse me, fall allergies, um, when people hear tradition, they really do think more of like the holidays and like 
what are your Thanksgiving traditions? What are your Christmas or Hanukkah traditions or whatever holiday you celebrate during the winter season? Um, so on and so forth. And I know for my family, one of the things we do every Christmas Eve, we always go to my stepdad's family um, and celebrate with them. And it's a nice tradition because it brings us all together. That's really the only time we ever see each other throughout the year. Um, And it's just something to bring people together for a specific purpose that when they leave that experience has a positive and like warm memory associated with it. What about you? What are some of your like quote unquote holiday traditions guys? My family's tradition is, I think a lot of families do it now too, but one that I always enjoy is um, around Thanksgiving, just what are you thankful for? What are you happy that you did this year? Um, And a goal that you have for next year um, is something that we do every year. And sometimes um, I had a family member that remembered what my goal for this year was, and that's what we talked about for the whole um, dinner. So it sort of brings up a connection that you have, and every year you're going to do the same thing, and you can see how people change in that year and how but you still say the same like getting together every year sort of brings that continuity well I have a pretty small family that lives in Indianapolis so I don't I wouldn't really say we have family traditions but I know the holidays are just a good time that we are for sure going to see each other because it's pretty much just my sister mom and dad in Indianapolis so we don't really see the rest of our family that much um So it's just nice to know that every Thanksgiving and every Christmas and New Year's Eve, you're going to see your family and just get to spend time with them and really appreciate the time that you're spending together. Awesome. So we've talked a lot about like already established traditions, but I think one thing that chapters think about a lot is how do you start a tradition? What is that process and what ultimately determines if it's a tradition or just something that occurs annually so what are your guys's thoughts on starting a tradition so I think we go back to what's the purpose that you're doing that tradition um, that you're going to newly establish so you have to start sort of from the ground up so those traditions should be based on a value or principle um, specifically within the fraternity we all know those study those for the fraternal exam Um, so you should be able to connect the reason why you're doing or starting that tradition to a value or principle that the fraternity has so that you can have that on a solid ground that you can tell your members this is why we're going to do this and really give the benefit of that. I think also um, just to identify if it's going to be like a really big tradition that's going to have a lot of planning like an event or just a small tradition that you kind of do during a chapter meeting. So I know um, in Tri-Delta we used to do we would have, it was like a stuffed dolphin and we would pass it around every meeting. Just, we had one for officers, an officer that you were proud of what they were doing with their position. And then a different one for just like general members. So if you were just really proud of someone, you know, that had been struggling with grades and they got an A on a test or something like that, they would get like the stuffed dolphin for that week and they would write a note in it and then they would get to pass it to another sister at the next meeting so that was like kind of a small tradition that didn't really take a lot of planning Um, but something like a career fair that you want to do every year as a chapter that's going to take a little bit more extra effort yeah and to that amber i think you bring up a great point um recently 
<clears throat> it's come around in different news articles. Some really great things coming out of Area 2 in particular um, is Central Michigan. They host a career fair, and they've literally been doing it now for 40 years. And obviously, that didn't start as a huge thing that people were going to immediately identify with the chapter there. However, when you know that you want to do something big, it's really important to really dig into the small details. Make sure that you're being successful as you grow it so that you can keep a hold of it, first of all. You don't want to let something fall apart because it gets too big. Um, But two is that you want people to see that you're doing a good job to continue coming back, and that's ultimately what makes it bigger. Um, That's a really great example of a professional development event. And then another chapter in Area 2, Idaho State, they have been hosting now for 60 years their business leader of the year, which they use as professional development for the people who put that together. They use it as fundraising because they rake in thousands of dollars by hosting it. It engages them with the community and honestly, businesses statewide. Um, It's another thing where start small, do it well, grow it organically, and people will continue to be drawn to it. And if anyone listening has any questions, I really encourage you to reach out to either of those chapters. Um, They're doing a lot of really great things and just representing Area 2 so well, which warms my chilly fall heart. So, I also think something to keep in mind, if you would like to create a tradition that's a larger event, Um, there could be smaller traditions that kind of go along with that event. And I think something, you know, just to be cognizant of is just, is that a harmful tradition or a helpful tradition? So if you have a career fair, do you go out to the bars afterwards and everyone, you know, gets super crazy? Or do you go out with all your brothers and get pizza and like celebrate the success that you had at your career fair? So that's something that's kind of evolves from your larger event but it's still a smaller tradition on its own ultimately um we have our rituals that each chapter does and those rituals definitely bind us as a fraternity and are supposed to be positive experiences those are really the traditions of each um of the fraternity for each of our chapters that ground us but we all know that there's times where there's something that you do after a ritual those events can be where you need to look and see if that's going to be a positive experience or if that is could turn into an issue of a hazing or um, against one of the other policies that AKSI does have. I think it's also important to note, especially with a ritual, like as Alec mentioned, that's not something specific to a chapter. That is ultimately what binds us, not just nationally, but because we are an international organization. That ritual is something that every chapter is doing. So take a look at what you have included in your rituals that you'll now be able to identify as an addition because we recently shipped out new ritual manuals that won't include those chapter specific activities. Um, And think about how it would look to a brother outside of your chapter. Is it something that they would be excited to participate in? And if not, maybe that's an opportunity for your chapter to look inward and decide if that's a tradition you want to or even should be continuing on. Um, We facilitate rituals at fraternity-wide events, not super regularly, regularly, but definitely, as Alec mentioned, at convention. And you do really want to 
appreciate that that is a shared experience for every single member of this organization. Um, uh, yeah, obviously there's going to be some slight changes between the rituals that they encountered in the 50s and the new ones for 2019. Um, but in general, the bones of it should still be the same. And if you know that your chapter is doing something or maybe you're not fully aware of it, but it feels different when you experience it elsewhere, that's really an opportunity to start becoming a little bit more introspective. So Kim, on that, I'll sort of throw it back to you real quick. Um, If you discover that harmful habit, how would you sort of break it down? I think the first thing I would do, honestly, is just seek out support outside of my chapter because clearly it's, you know, it's a chapter tradition. So everyone in my chapter is probably going to think it's normal. (laughs) Um, And listeners might not be aware, but we actually have a fraternity ritual team um, made up of volunteers who are trained to facilitate each of our rituals properly. Um, So I would either reach out directly to them or I'd reach out to myself but not as myself as the CERC to um, run it by that person or get information for my FRT lead because ultimately staff and volunteers we're all here to support you um, and kind of guide you to in theory a better place for your chapter Um, seeking support is really from an individual who I know I can rely upon to support me if I'm going to try and change something on my chapter level um, is the definitely the first thing that I would do. Yeah, and I think the key to that is being proactive. So if you are realizing that something you're doing is potentially harmful to your members, um, if you reach out to us because you want to change that, we're going to be there to support you. Um, if you know it's harmful and you're not going to do anything about it and somebody finds out, because you are keeping it a secret, then there will be more serious consequences. Definitely. I think each time Liz Butner, who's the associate director of risk reduction, um, this she deals with this a lot, but she, her goal, and I know our goal, is always to try to see where things went wrong. Um, was there a point where something happened that um, something should have been addressed? Is this individual members who are causing some of the issue or is this going to be a chapter culture? Because both of those things drive how we will um, approach the situation. If it's individual members, whoever is responsible will be who's it addressed with. If it is a chapter-wide issue, it will be probably more severe consequences, honestly. Outside of the more severe consequences, it'll also ensure that we're training everybody instead of just addressing those that small pocket of individuals who are kind of operating under their own directives. Um, that way we can come in and make sure that everyone in the chapter is held accountable mm-hmm. on the same level and that certain people aren't being targeted more than others when it is ultimately a chapter issue. And right. I think on that note, when we do start looking at that stuff, you know, there's a saying that organizational culture is defined by the worst behavior you are willing to tolerate. And I think that's, it's so poignant because we always say like, oh, it's not that big a deal or we turn a blind eye. And ultimately that's what leads a small infraction or a small bad behavior to snowball and ultimately result in chapters unfortunately getting closed for things because no one wanted to address it when it was a much more manageable issue. Definitely. I 
that's a great point to bring up. I love that quote. Um, it's definitely everybody in the chapter has a responsibility to the chapter, to your fellow brothers, to the fraternity as a whole to point out those issues because that's what's going to keep your chapter around is making sure that your chapter is operating and operating with values. So even if you are not an officer, it's still your responsibility to point those things out. And honestly, I applaud anybody who takes that step because that can be hard to point something out that other people don't want to hear. And I think, Alec, you might have some information on this further for sure, but you know, everyone might not be on that same understanding level or willingness level. Um, and it it's great for that person who steps out to move the pack forward. But I think the other just as equally important part is understanding the individuals that you're also trying to move forward and where they're at. So can you speak a little bit more to that? Definitely. So there is a model called the change model or the change ruler. There are five steps within this ruler. So it goes from one to five. And one is somebody who's not ready to change. Two is they're thinking about the change, but they're unsure. The undecided or uncertain is number three. So they want to make it, but they're not sure which direction it's going to go. Four is somewhat ready. And five is very ready to make that change. So everybody in your chapter is going to be at different points of this process. Um, You'll always have people who are in this process trying to get to the different levels. People may go up and down depending on what happens. So the first thing you should know is where do people sit on this ruler? So make sure you're considering that when you're talking about any kind of change. We're talking about traditions today. Um, That can be a major change within a chapter, but this could also be if you have to change a policy in the chapter too. So are you ready to make that change? Because if you're not ready to make the commitment, then this probably won't go really anywhere. This applies to any chapter. So a chapter of 20, a chapter of 50, 200 people. Everyone is going to be in their own place on this. Don't let this be daunting or defeating. Um, It sounds like that's a very overwhelming thing to think about, that everybody's sort of in their own place. Like, how do you deal with all of that? But just know that this is going to take a while, and it doesn't happen overnight. That tradition didn't just come about overnight. It took. It's going to take longer to make that change, but make sure that you can make a commitment to the change um, from the start. So when you do identify that, um, I know we've mentioned it already, but we are certainly here to be supports to you throughout that process. So um, obviously you can email CERC at aksci.org if you don't know the contact information for your specific resource coordinator. Um, But outside of that, especially as it pertains to um, potential risk issues, reach out to Liz Butner, the Associate Director of Risk Reduction. Her email, very simple, liz at aksci.org. Liz at aksi.org. Um, she is always there to support you to start that process early so it doesn't have to become, like I mentioned earlier, a snowball effect with a bigger issue and potentially more serious consequences later. And then especially if it pertains directly to the rituals that your chapter is facilitating, if you are a chapter in the West, kind of west of the Mississippi. Your FRT lead, her name is Heather Robinette, um, and you can reach her directly at aksi.heather, H-E-A 
T-H-E-R at gmail.com. And then if you're in the east of the Mississippi, uh, your lead is actually Kimberly Lewis. And her email is Kimberly1.AKSI at gmail. That's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y, the number one dot AKSI at gmail.com. They'd love to hear from you guys. They're very passionate about the ritual, the ritual experience, the ritual facilitation. They will answer and guide you through whatever questions or concerns that you might have. Um, so don't hesitate to reach out. We all want to support you and, and help you be um, professional and prosperous as a chapter. So Definitely. I think a lot of this... In- Thank you, Kim, for giving those resources. I think both of those volunteers are great. They've been doing this job for a while. They know what they're doing. Um, you, you've probably seen them at PBLI. They've done some ritual sessions there. But understand that you're also getting a benefit out of all of this, some of this trouble. But um, you get the benefit of a personal growth. So you have the unique opportunity to have some personal growth no matter what change you make, um, you'll always get a benefit out of that. Yeah. I mean, having those difficult conversations, you know, that's going to really benefit you when you come into a leadership position and you need to address improper conduct in the workplace or anything like that. Um, conflict management between different individuals, again, directly ties back to skills that you're gaining from what you could or likely is <laughs> encountered as, you know, a, a bad situation. So it might not seem like it in the moment, but you're definitely gaining positive. There's a word out there in the world that exists that attributes. Yes. You're definitely getting positive attributes out of a negative situation. So um, don't think that it isn't worth it both individually and for the group at large to address these issues. Yeah. And I think just in general, ultimately you'll feel better about yourself because you'll know that even if other people don't agree with it at the time, you're doing something for the good of your chapter. Yeah. There's definitely going to be a boost in confidence Mm -hmm. if you, you tackle something, especially if you're able to turn it around. Yeah. And if no one says anything, that's just kind of going to weigh on your conscience. And I feel like, the whole atmosphere of the chapter will kind of change for sure. Um, so I think now we can kind of, I know we talked individually about like holiday traditions. Um, what are some of your guys's favorite traditions outside of that? Just like in your daily life or as it pertains to AK size so that we can just give some more ideas of, of what that should look like for chapters and volunteers who listen. Cause they're great. So, This weekend actually is Franklin College's homecoming, um, which is where I went to school. So my friends and I always meet up for that. And it's just good to see everyone because I have a couple friends from out of state. They always make an effort to be there. um, So that's fun. We also do like a pontoon every summer. Um, So it's a nice way just for everyone to get together and have a good time. I also celebrate my cat's birthdays, so that's a tradition. Yes, Taz. For me. Taz just turned 15. His sweet 16 is next September. Eagerly (laughs) anticipating that invitation. (laughs) What about you, Alec? What are some of your favorite traditions? Um, So I have a couple. Um, 
one that I didn't get to do um, in the chapter, but I know some chapters do it, is passing the gavel. We do it at our MT meetings um, with our wonderful volunteers and staff members. Um, it's really, what did you get out of this meeting? Um, and, you know, no matter what difficult conversations we have in those meetings or what we've discussed, if we've disagreed on certain things, um, it's always a time to come together and show that we really are a team together. We're here for the fraternity and really remind myself of that. And I, I that's a really great point, Alec. And I think the nice thing about do, facilitating past the gavel is even if you didn't enjoy the meeting, like it was really bad for you. I know I've sat through some meetings where I'm just like, nope, I disagree with everything. <laughs> and, and this just was not good for me. Like I'm stressed and pressed and yikes. Um, you can always, always find, if not something good, something positive to come out of there with. And I think that's so important to recognize because no matter how bad something is, if you can rework it to find even the smallest thing that's positive, you can focus on that to move forward. Totally. Um, That's one bigger one. In my chapter, um, we used to do, it was called, um, oh gosh, what was it called? No, so I've been out of my chapter for too long. Um, it was called Brother Get-Togethers, um, and you'd be randomly paired with people through an Excel sheet, and you'd get three questions that were usually funny. Um, and during the meeting, we'd spend like 20 minutes, and you get to know that person. And it was just a fun way to throw people together. A lot of brothers, we, I was in a 60 to 70 person chapter, um, didn't know some of them as well as I'd like to, but definitely came out of that. I can definitely say I got a lot of lunch friends out of that and um, some very fun lunch places. So it's sort of what's going to spark it for your chapter. For sure. I think for me, um, looking, you know, introspectively at my chapter, one of my favorite traditions we do um, after we have like our alumni or our initiation banquet um, or like initiation formal, the next morning on Sunday, we always have an alumni brunch um, that we invite the alumni to. And it's just a really great opportunity to mingle in a more casual social setting where you don't need to focus on the fraternity. You don't need to make sure that a ritual is being performed correctly with outsiders there who haven't been around for a while. Like it really is just about recognizing that shared experience um, and getting an opportunity to kind of sit down and chat and just catch up with people you might not have seen in a semester or a year, maybe even a couple years if it's the first time that alumni is, you know, attending again. And it's always great. Now I do go as an alumni and it's interesting to like see the brothers in the chapter who are still there from when I was a member. So great to catch up with them. And, um, and then seeing all the new life and enthusiasm from the kids who were just initiated, who just can't wait to kind of spread their wings in the chapter. Um, and then from a personal side, I think my favorite personal tradition is that every year my stepdad goes hunting because hashtag Midwest. Um, so whenever, whatever weekend he's gone for deer hunting, it usually ends up being the weekend right before Thanksgiving. My mom and I always go out. We get all of our Christmas shopping done. We, it, it's not 
fancy or formal. It's honestly kind of stressful because we have to fight crowds at the mall and find parking and yada, yada, yada. But it's it's so nice to just spend alone time with her, just the girls, being productive. Her and I are very similar, so it's we don't have to argue with anybody about anything and just feel really accomplished at the end of the day and then go enjoy a nice meal somewhere. And I look forward to that every year. This year, going to be a little different because my stepdad isn't going hunting. <laughs> the disrespect is real, y'all. Um, but it's fine. We'll just cut him out of the day, act like he is not at home, um, and just go and do our thing. And I'm, I'm so excited to go home for that. So, Should I do a chapter one, too? Yeah, do a chapter do one, it, Amber. Tell us secrets from well, your sorority. You guys talked about chapter ones, and I have, <laughs> I have some chapter ones. Um, and try it out at the end of every meeting. We would do something called EJ Klutz. I'm pretty sure it originated from a member like way back in the day whose name was EJ, I think. Um, but apparently she was very clumsy. So that kind of became a tradition that we would, at the end of the meeting, we would say, does anyone have an EJ Klutz? And then someone would raise their hand and be like, I fell down the stairs like in front of my entire psychology class or my um, heel got stuck in the vent of my house and I face planted and spilled like the drink I had in my hand everywhere. Non-alcoholic because that may or may not have happened to me. <laughs> but it's, it, it's just like it's a nice way to kind of show everyone how much you trust each other because that's like completely embarrassing and you know telling it to your chapter kind of it's cathartic it makes you feel better about it and it's just a nice it was a nice way to end our meetings kind of on a positive and bring some levity yeah Yeah, especially if we talked about more serious things so that was something we did in my chapter of tri-delta adorable (laughs) all right guys well that's all we have for you this episode we hope you enjoyed listening in on traditions um, and that you join us next time when we talk about fundraising